Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Save here with Anthony Broom. Chris Ballas not ma- able to make it today, uh, but we are going to talk some Jim Harbaugh and uh, obviously had two interviews with NFL teams. We'll get into that and where things stand there. And then also potential next steps for Michigan before talking about basketball at the end. Uh, AB, how's it going on a Thursday? It's going pretty good. I think both of us uh, much better in a much better place voice wise than the last time the two of us did a show. Um, finally starting to I feel like I'm finally catching up on sleep from the last three weeks of our travels and, and, and whatnot. Uh, just been uh, what a run said that on Monday show, but it, it rolls on. And one way or another, you know, uh, Jim Harbaugh, Michigan football, they always keep us busy. The season never truly ends in this sphere, but uh, yeah, good to be back and you know, set the table here on a, on a Thursday edition of the show. And we are busy right now working on a couple different things, but one of them being the commemorative issue over at the Wolverine magazine. So that's who we are brought to you uh, by today. Head to the Wolverine on demand.com. We got a sweet cover, uh, the championship edition, 148 glossy pages. It's kind of like our football preview magazine. Almost just as big, but same material, so it's you know sturdy, good to hang on to as a, uh, a gift. We have a bunch of orders, thousands already in, and what I've noticed is we have a lot of orders, but we have even more copies sold. A lot of people buying two, three for themselves, family members, you know, maybe one to read, one to hang on to for the archives. So go to the WolverineOnDemand.com right now. 148 glossy pages, a look back at the, every step of Michigan's national championship run, columns, features. 
uh, all that sorts of stuff, analysis on everything, uh, exclusive interviews. So order that at the wolverineondemand.com. It's a pre-order right now. We'll be out in February. Uh, let's talk about Jim Harbaugh interviewing with the Los Angeles Chargers on Monday, Atlanta Falcons on Tuesday. Uh, the Falcons one kind of came more as a surprise. They've interviewed quite a few candidates, and today even more buzz ramping up for Bill Belichick, the GOAT, uh, some would call him, uh, to get his second interview and really looks like the front runner there. Um, but at the same time, it seems like Harbaugh is the front runner for the Chargers job at this point. We'll talk about what they're doing with kind of their GM search as well in a second. Uh, but it does seem like at this point that Jim Harbaugh would be the favorite. Now, is when you listen to a lot of these NFL reporters, including Adam Schefter, talk about this, it's not just whether or not the Chargers would offer Jim Harbaugh the job, but you know, I, I think potentially looking for some sort of control with personnel moves, roster, or maybe pairing with a GM. And then also, you know, just different aspects of the organization. How much money would he have for assistance, support staff, all that sorts of stuff that he knows is very important in the NFL. It doesn't seem like anything can really happen and wouldn't expect it to happen until next week because the Chargers need to, to meet the Rooney rule requirements. But as we sit here right now on Thursday, just about noon, it seems like Jim Harbaugh is the favorite for the Chargers job. It does seem like that is the case. Uh, I pulled up the latest odds here. Uh, I've been tracking uh, DraftKings has a Jim Harbaugh a prop on it, and it's fluctuated. As of a couple of days ago, he was minus 500, did not coach any NFL team next year, meaning he would return to Michigan. Uh, and things have shifted in recent days and up to, you know, as we do this here on Thursday, uh, Thursday morning as we record. Uh, the LA Chargers are minus 250 uh, for Jim Harbaugh's next destination with not the head coach of an NFL team coming in second place at plus 175. So uh, there are some shifting wins. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens again. And, and I know that there's a lot of, uh, again, the Dallas domino was a huge one to fall. They're going to keep Mike McCarthy. That was a place a lot of people thought Bill Belichick might go. Now it seems... Bill Belichick going to get a second interview with the Atlanta Falcons. So it really has kind of been, you know, it, it seems like whenever Jim Harbaugh's name has come up in NFL coaching searches, like a couple of years ago, it was pretty much Vikings or bust last year. Broncos are bust. Now it does feel like chargers are bust. So we'll see what happens. Uh, obviously, like you said, they have some requirements still to meet there. Um, and maybe there's a team, you know, we haven't heard much about a team like the Washington commanders, that's someone else that's kind of looming in the background. They're looking to make a splash hire as they have a new regime and new ownership there. So that, may, that may be our guy, Ben Johnson. It could be, but uh, they might have to wait till after the Super Bowl uh, to sure. make that official. So, you know, that's so. uh, a good problem to have uh, if you're a Ben Johnson fan. But, yeah, you know, it feels, you know, I don't know what direction you wanted to steer this conversation, Clayton, but to me, this is, um, I got to choose my words carefully. They're kind of like the NFL rumors that cried wolf, right? Because until Jim Harbaugh is up at the podium with another NFL team, I, I'm I'm still I'm still not convinced he goes like so many people are. And you know, if you're a Michigan fan too, I mean, one, this isn't your first rodeo. We've seen this the last three off seasons now. Really, the whispers have been there since he got to Michigan in 2015. And something else, it you know. 
now that they won a national title, I don't want to say the work is done because you have a window to, to keep competing, but he's done everything that he came here for. And he's done everything that you could have asked for. Mind you, it took him longer than a lot of people thought it would. Again, doesn't matter. You know, after nine years, three Big Ten titles, one national title. I think if I told you that back in, you know, December 2014 when he was hired, you're taking that deal. So I think he's, you know, the debate on whether he's earned the right to do this or not. Um, I don't think that is much of a debate anymore. Uh it's just a matter of, you know, this is the game you play. Um, having Jim Harbaugh and, and the, I won't say the burden that comes with it, but something you sign up for when you have a guy that's won at a big level in the NFL and then now is one at the biggest level you can possibly win at in college football, your guy's going to be sought after every year. And this is, um, I think as long as he's in Ann Arbor, whether it be, five more days or five more years. I think this is just kind of part of the equation and you could be frustrated if it handicaps NIL recruiting, whatever it is. But I think that he's proven at this point that this game is, is worth it. And um, you know, there's a lot of talk about who's to blame for the NFL. Like Jim Harbaugh is interviewing for NFL jobs because he wants to. I don't think it has a whole lot to do. I mean, there are some things if he's going to come back to Michigan, seemingly he needs assurances on where it be, you know, whether it be protections from the NCAA, whether it be some administrative things that need to be sorted out, but make no mistake about it. Uh, he's interviewing for NFL jobs because he wants to and because he's sought after. And I think that he's earned that right. And as long as he's there, I think uh, you just kind of have to stomach it and, and, oh, you know, maybe close your eyes until, until the process is done, but this is, this is what they have. This is what they've signed up for. And and I do think that uh, not to go off on a rant there, Clayton, but I think that's just where I'm at with it right now. This is part of the process and it's clear. It always will be part of the process. And if you stay in the national conversation, as long as he's there, then it's something you just kind of have to stomach. Yeah. I mean, if you go back to December of 2014 and, and then you were able to have the foresight of everything that would have happened since Jim Harbaugh was hired. You would sign up for that 10 times out of 10. And really, I don't think there was anyone else they could have gotten that would have led them to a national championship at this point. I mean, this is a an elite coach. And there, you know, make no mistake about it, there are plenty of coaches around the country that would die to have an interview with an NFL team or interest almost every single year. You know, it hasn't just been the last three years. There have been kind of those rumors out of NFL circles, you know, early on in his tenure as well. And when he kind of shut them down right away and said, I'm not leaving, you know, I remember there was one where he called total crap, you know, and, and uh, made up by jive turkeys, you know, probably some of it made up by rival programs is what he was getting at there. But you have an elite coach that does potentially have options to go elsewhere. And it comes with the territory. Uh, certainly you would definitely sign up for that again. You know, the fact that you've won a national championship, you've won you know, numerous Big Ten championships, you've beaten Ohio State a few times. It's been, you know, a heck of a run so far. Uh, the GM search with the Chargers is part of the reason why a lot of people have Jim Harbaugh as the favorite uh, Four candidates with uh, apparently with ties uh, to Jim Harbaugh. So you could pair somebody maybe that he would be comfortable working with. And we know that, you know, that would probably be a plus over maybe someone he's not comfortable working with or isn't comfortable working with him like we saw in San Francisco. But Ed Dodds interviewed yesterday. He's the assistant GM of the Colts. 
him and Harbaugh overlapped for a year in 2003 with the uh, then Oakland Raiders. Dodds was a low-level front office employee. Harbaugh was the quarterback's coach for that year before he moved on to San Diego. Joe Hortiz, a director of player personnel for the Ravens, uh, works obviously with John Harbaugh. Ian Cunningham worked with John Harbaugh with the Ravens uh, several years ago. And then Brandon Brown, assistant GM for the Giants. Not the Michigan beat writer, uh, Brandon Brown, but assistant GM for the Giants. And he has some sort of connection to Harbaugh, apparently according to Ohio State fan and SI's uh, Albert Breer, who seems desperately to want Jim Harbaugh to go to the NFL, by the way. Uh, didn't they haven't worked together that I'm aware of, but I guess there's some sort of connection there. So I think if you're a Michigan fan, you're looking for what is going to signal you know, the potential Jim Harbaugh hire being imminent. Uh, some of that would have to do with what they do at, at GM. If they hire one of these guys, especially Dodds, who seems to be the guy with the most buzz that they'd pair with Harbaugh, then I think that would be kind of the next step. Yeah, and I think, you know, people need to remember, too, is that part of the reason that he's even at Michigan and wasn't with the 49ers past the date that he was is the power dynamic was a struggle there with ownership, with the GM. And that's, uh, you know, it, it's clear that, yeah, I mean, I wrote this yesterday in a mailbag that I did, and we've talked about it here as well. You know, when you're a guy that is as devout to the game of football that he is, there is no grander pursuit than going after a Vince Lombardi trophy. And there's only 32 of those jobs. So, you know, the arguments, oh, well, the Chargers, they're they're just a, a tenant in someone else's building. It doesn't matter. It's They have a franchise quarterback. They've got, you know, I, I think at least a decent enough core of guys. And, you know, look at uh, look at our hometown Detroit Lions. You know, it doesn't, if you have the right people in place, it doesn't take that long to flip things around and put yourself in the conversation in the NFL. So it's got to be the perfect situation for him. I think that's, uh, I think that's clear at this point, I think for him too. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the, the GM hires being hand in hand, having everything kind of work out the way it does. And, you know, that's, that's all the pro all part of the process here. And, and this is my only wish for him and for Michigan. If he does go elsewhere is that I hope that all of this stuff about, you know, the noise with the assurances he wants, you know, not feeling supported, not feeling wanted. I hope that is just noise because you want to be able, like, if he's going to leave, you want it to be a celebration of what he accomplished, not, you know, this is the reason, this is X, Y, Z, why he's not here. Because um, clearly if it was, so, it was, if it was so easy for him to just leave and get an NFL job, he probably could have done that a few years ago. So, uh, you know, there's going to be, Maybe that's the like optimist in me, uh, but I do like if he does leave, I suspect there's going to be some hurt feelings on both sides that might take a, full, a few years to uh, to cool off and come over. But um, you know, don't forget that nine years is a long time, and they reach the mountaintop. So for me, I mean, it, it's just a wait and see at this point. Three years ago or two years ago, when he did what he did with the Vikings. That was kind of where you felt like, oh man, you know, it kind of feels like they have a window to keep attacking here. This really would hurt momentum. Whereas now, I think that they're much better, you know, set up to withstand him potentially leaving than they were two years ago because you have a built in replacement in Sharon Moore. Talking about setting Vegas odds, like I don't even know if I'd post a board of odds. I think if Jim Harbaugh leaves, Sharon Moore is your next head coach. So, and there's been a very, you know, again, there's been a very careful path or dynamic to where like it seems like he has set up this dynamic among his coaching and support staff to where 
if someone leaves, someone else moves up. And I think they're about as well prepared as they can be, given that it's January 18th, um, than they would have been otherwise. So again, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm still, still on that boat. We're not going to quite, you know, I'm, I'm still expecting us to do like a spring football press conference where he's there, but it's, it's clear that, uh, you know, it's kind of chargers or I won't say bust right now, but it, it does feel like it's trending that way. And if it does, we'll, uh, we'll tack it and see what happens. So do you think he goes then, or is he here in, in the spring for that press conference? Something tells there's a plot twist coming. You've said this before. There always is with every with everything with Jim Harbaugh. Nothing ever plays out to its logical conclusion or completion. So, to me, um, no one revels more in the awkward. No one operates better in the awkward than Jim Harbaugh does. And what would be more awkward than not have you know having a contract extension that hasn't been signed yet for the last few months? heading into a new era of the program where all these rumors are out there about your relationship with Ward Manuel. And uh, I don't know. It just, I, 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 I still have a hard time believing it's anyone but Michigan because everything that's happened with him over the last three years would suggest that he was done and he's cooked and he's leaving or going somewhere. And he hasn't yet. So, I mean, I'm it's 50 50, but I still lean towards him, him being back. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to put a number on it. At this point, as we sit here today, and obviously it could change. I would guess that he leaves, but like you said, it may not be the logical. Like, what if it's not the Chargers? What if it's another job? You know, in a couple of weeks or something like that that pops up and he emerges as a candidate, or he does come back to Michigan. That's the thing. I don't think this is a total foregone conclusion because Jim Harbaugh is extremely unpredictable. Even when he thinks he knows what he's doing, sometimes he changes his mind. We know that going back to 2011 when he almost took the Michigan job before they hired Brady Hoke. So you never know with Jim Harbaugh. But you kind of alluded to it a little bit, and this is where I wanted to go next, is he is still you know, communicating with, with people at Michigan about his contract extension, our Chris Ballas reporting that on Wednesday. Uh, but the Dan Wetzel from Yahoo Sports uh, report earlier this week about you know what some of what the holdup is on Jim Harbaugh's extension uh and i'll just read from his report because it's some also that we've alluded to over at the wolverine but a little bit more specific but dan wetzel writes sources said harbaugh is seeking language that would grant him immunity from termination from any finding or sanction that could arise from multiple current ncaa investigations into the football program harbaugh is seeking a matrix of fines be spelled out if there are any future NCAA violations, as well as prohibiting the school's athletic director from firing him for cause and instead having that decision, should it ever arise, rest in a three-member arbitration panel. He's also seeking to have any decision involving for cause termination, whether for NCAA violations or anything else, to be determined by that three-member arbitration panel rather than the AD, a role currently held by Ward Manuel. Traditionally, for-cause termination of a coach would be determined by his direct supervisor. The athletic director would still be able to fire him for performance-related issues. The arbitration panel is a system used by the university's president. It is common in university executive contracts, but not with coaches, according to numerous college administrators. So I think it's clear here that, and, and Wetzel does point out what you know we already kind of figured or knew, is that the financial terms of 
this potential contract extension are either fully or mostly ironed out. Uh, but there is a holdup here. I mean, it's pretty clear that he's kind of seen what's gone on with these NCAA investigations and also what the last few years have been with Ward Manuel and, you know, him cutting his salary and all this stuff that he, he doesn't have a lot of trust in the athletic director, whether that's Ward Manuel or, you know, if that's somebody else down the road for him, I think he does not want to be beholden to a decision by one individual and one currently holding that position that I think he, he doesn't have full trust in. Yeah. And, and to, to his credit, I mean, Ward Manuel in recent weeks has come out and been very supportive, but that's the first, you know, whenever he's been in front of a microphone over the last few weeks, again, he has been supportive. He has said he wants Jim to come back. You know, he, um, but it's one of those things where you judge someone based on their actions and not necessarily their words. And we know this was a thing going back to 2020 with Jim Harbaugh's contract and cutting his salary and then being hesitant to, to re up his salary and then being hesitant for whatever reason to make him the highest paid coach in the big 10, which again, this is something that should have been done last winter. Um, you know, it's, it calls into question the, the leadership, you know, right. Of the athletic department. And again, I have nothing, I have nothing personally against ward manual, but I think that his judgment on a lot of issues has been askew. And when you lead an athletic department that, you know, of a school that purports to be the leaders and best, you know, to me, that means, you're being proactive, not reactive. And this, and it goes beyond word manual. I think at times Michigan's leadership is too reactive and not proactive enough on a lot of these issues. So, you know, the way that Harbaugh, you don't even have to go back a couple of years. I mean, just go back a few months, how the school self-imposed a suspension uh, before the NCAA had officially ruled on anything with the burger stuff. They didn't even get a notice of allegations until what the week of the week before the Rose bowl or something like that. Um, or the week of signing day, I think that was a mark against against Michigan. And again, that was something that uh, we know rubbed Jim Harbaugh the wrong way. He called it a baseball bat to the kneecaps, if right. I remember correctly. And then yep. with the sign stealing stuff, I mean, you know, it was oh, we're going to fight for him, but then he gets suspended for three games. Then oh, well, we this this TRO, it's a slam dunk. They're going to get it, and then they don't get the TRO. I mean, that's and they fire apart. Lest we forget. Yeah, I mean, the Chris Partridge stuff, like, lest we forget, that was a pretty frenetic four or five weeks uh, of the sign stuff up against, you know, you know, they could have lost a game at any of those, you know, any of those moments. And there is no 15 and 0. There is no trip to the college football playoff. You know, this thing looks a whole lot different. I think the winning was the glue that kept us together. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that that you have to ask, it, it's just that you have to ask for more than your direct superior to weigh in on your future. If your future does come into question, that's a problem, man. And, and that's again, and and by the sounds of it, that's something he wants an assurance of no matter what, no matter who the athletic director is, but um, you know, there is, it, there's an important distinction too. Like Michigan cannot straight up give him immunity from the NCAA. It can say they'll fight for him. It can say that they'll go to the mat for him, but they can't still have a job. He'll still have a job. All they can really do is say, we're going to fight with you and we're not going to fire you. Um, and I don't think that's too much to ask. So, right. Well, that's I think, where I want to go next though, too is, yeah, I mean, ahead. if you're Michigan, you do this, right? I know it's a gut punch. If you're Ward Manuel, the guy negotiating this contract extension, it would be weird for him to sign off on something, you know, that would actually lessen his power. But 
look, Jim Harbaugh's a national championship winning coach. He's won the last three Big Ten championships. They, nobody has won more football games in college football over the last two years than Michigan. He has the upper hand. He has the leverage. You can't, you know, look, I think there's a scenario that could play out where Michigan gives him everything that he could possibly want, and he still goes to the NFL because of that desire to pursue a different goal, which is totally fine, by the way. But I also yeah. think that Michigan, if you're looking at it from their perspective, has to do everything they possibly can to keep him. And it's, you know, because he is one of the most important people at the entire university, on the entire campus, um, yeah. you know, not just in the athletic department. And he has leverage right now. So, yeah, it may suck to give a little bit in on, on what his demands are. But if it ups the percentage that you keep him by 2% or 10% or 40%, and, you know, whatever that percentage is, then I think you have to do it uh, because he's just that important. And coaches like this don't, you know, just fall off trees. I mean, this is something in, in Michigan fans have seen how bad it can get. I'm not saying it's going to be that without him. Actually, I don't think it would be uh, because he has set them up in a really good spot. And I think there are, you know, there is, you know, light at the end of the tunnel if they were able, if they were, uh, if they did have to go through a coaching change. But there's no guarantees, and really the closest thing to a guarantee that you're going to be a really high-level program is to keep Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, you don't – and make no mistake about it. I think that if it is – if it does wind up being Sharon Moore, they're set up extremely well to keep – to stay relevant. I mean, it's a 12-team playoff now. I think that the the margin of error is so much greater, especially now that you're playing in a conference that is loaded and will get the benefit of the doubt if it's you against the team out of the ACC sitting at 9-3 and three or 10-2. and two what have you. But um, when you have one of the best head coaches, I mean, maybe the best head coach in Michigan history, we can start having that conversation too. Not in this show, but at another time. Um, I mean, there's a lot of athletic departments around the country where at these football and Michigan is not going to operate like a football factory. They've shown they're going to do it a different way, but at these football centric schools, a lot of football coaches are essentially the de facto uh, athletic director. Like they do have more power there. And, and I think my, I don't want to say it's a concern, but to me, a lot of the stuff in here does re- sort of read as, Hey, listen, it's me or him. And that's if Ward Manuel signs off on this, not only are you, like you said, lessening your power, but you know, you lessen, you know, well, if, if let's just say Joan Howard, there's a decision to be made about his employment. Well, well, Jim Harbaugh gets this three-person panel, but you get to make the call here. Like that's, it creates a complicated dynamic within the department in in a Michigan athletic department that has Maybe. had. You know, I don't know. It's, I think people understand that they're not Jim Harbaugh, probably. <laughs> I know, but I'm just you know with the perception of sure though this yeah. athletic department of late is that John Beeline walked out the door, Eric Bakich walked out the door. Um, you know, Carol, Carol Hutchins retired, but like there were, there have been coaches that left. I don't want to say not on the best of terms, but sort of put off by how things went on the way out the door. And I don't know. That's if, a fact. I don't know about Hutchins. They, I wouldn't group her in, but that that's a fact for sure. No, I'm just, I'm just saying in general, there's a, there's been a lot of turnover and a lot of the people that have come in to replace, you know, these coaches that have won big 10 titles and have had that success. Um, there's been a, there's been a drop off there. So to me, again, it's just, um, it's a fascinating time. I don't know what else to say other than that. Um, it feels like this is, uh, you know, talked about how this season 
was really the third part of a three-part trilogy in terms of what those teams set up and what they ultimately accomplished. But this really does feel like uh, feel like the uh, the third act of Jim Harbaugh and Ward Manuel's relationship, whatever it winds up being moving forward. But uh, I don't know, man. It's 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 complicated. But at the end of the day, let me just say this in conclusion here. I do think a lot of this is overblown in order to let this NFL process play out. I mean, it's to me, that's clear too. Um, well, it's yeah. always some kind of nitpick or some kind of holdup in the contract that, oh, look, all of a sudden it's Black Monday. Or look, oh, look, all of a sudden we're into mid-January and Jim Harbaugh has NFL interest. And that, I have some skepticism about, about that as well. Well, I think that's part of it. And one of the things also that Dan Wetzel reported is that they're trying to delay the start date of the contract to February 15th as well, which would line up with, you know, pretty much the end of the NFL hiring cycle. So it's clear either way that he wants to see what his options would be in the NFL. And again, I think Michigan could give him everything he wants and there's still a scenario where he leaves. Uh, But again, I, I just think it's smart for Michigan if they do give him everything he wants so that it ups and maximizes the chances that you could keep him. Let's hit on quickly the next steps. If Jim Harbaugh were to leave, I mean, I think you, you, as quick as you can, you know, I, I think it's going to end up being Sharon Moore, you know, probably 99% chance. Obviously, you take a look around, you know, you may get some calls come in. So you have to go through, you know, a pretty quick process. But I would think the quicker, the better uh, to promote Sharon Moore and then also try to hire a staff around him and, and have him do that, but support him in that process. And that includes keeping as many coaches from this current staff that you can. The coordinator hires would be very, very big. Obviously, uh, it's a little early to you know exactly say who those would go to, but we're seeing it right now at Washington and Alabama, and just by the nature of the new college football calendar, where if a coach leaves and you have a coaching change, their players can transfer out for 30 days. But as you sit here in mid-January, because Alabama played in the CFP, Washington played in the national title game, and Michigan played in the national title game, and their coach would be leaving for the NFL, which is on a different timeline than college, then you have this 30-day window where your guys can come out. They can leave and enter the portal, but there aren't that many options right now in the portal because semester the semester has started elsewhere. Guys wanted to enroll early. And, uh, you know, even saw with, with your article, AB, on the transfer portal options at quarterback. They're all, not all that great right now. Um, and that would be something that, you know, we could potentially see in the spring period. But I say that to say, you, you solidify the coaching staff and really do that also to help solidify the roster because that's really important Alabama over 20 players in the portal right now their fans are going crazy losing their minds Caleb Downs is in Isaiah Bond is in looks like he is going to go to Texas Uh, and then Washington is at nearly 20 players but they had a ton of guys as well out of eligibility and that roster has been you know pretty much completely decimated at this point with Jed Fish coming in Uh, so those would be the next steps I think is is kind of get a change as, as quick as you can promote Sharon Moore, work on the staff and work like crazy to keep the players on the roster. Yeah, that's, I think that's one plate. That's one area where I think Michigan has a leg up over Alabama, making a coaching change, Washington, making a coaching change. Is that, you know, Alabama going from Nick Saban to Kalen DeBoer, that's a massive shift in terms of personality. I, I assume scheme to a certain extent. I mean, that that's huge. Um, and then Jed fish to Washington, like obviously another outside hire, you know, with Sharon Moore. And I think a lot of these guys are self-aware and a lot of these guys coming back 
have been through the Jim Harbaugh stuff over the last two years. I, and I'm not sick. That's not to say there wouldn't be some turnover. There wouldn't be some guys that would leave. Uh, I think it's it would be naive to think that nobody would leave. And I think uh, teams would try to poach as well, which would be ridiculous. Yeah. But but well, I think that's that that already be going on. That, right, it is. And that would be almost their biggest issue, in my opinion. Because you're right. they People, you know, when they were sitting down with Harbaugh, to make their, those decisions like they did last week. I think he was probably pretty honest with them about what the next couple of weeks were going to look like and that there's no guarantee that he was going to be here. So I, I think they probably understand that part of it. So they wouldn't be totally blindsided by it, but the poaching and, you know, just the everyone in their ear during that time, I think could get to some guys. So locking it down would be, you know, locking down Sharon Moore and then, you know, making sure that you keep the roster intact would be of utmost importance because if you are going to go with Sharon Moore, which I think even if you look nationally might be the right move, one of the biggest reasons why it would be for continuity. So you have to make sure you, you know, you get that continuity, you know, pretty much immediately here so they can keep things going. And then that'll help him in the years to come as well. Yeah. I'll tell you what my next step would be uh, if Jim Harbaugh leaves. And I know that there's been a lot of NFL interest with this guy too. I uh, haven't heard his name pop up anywhere yet, but there's a lot of coaching turnover still to sort out. I'm making Jesse Minter the highest paid defensive coordinator in college football. I think the Blake Baker who just got hired at, I think LSU we looked that up here uh, is going to make about two and a half million dollars next year. I, I pay Jesse Minter more of that. I, I sell this as it's Sharon Moore and Jesse Minter's show. Now, obviously Sharon Moore will be the head coach. Um, but if you're, this is the thing too, is that if it's not Jim Harbaugh, don't let them cry poor about paying your coaching staff. They will have the arsenal to pay whoever they need to pay to keep this, not only the staff intact, but also go out, go out and get something or get probably have an extra five, 6 million. Cause you don't have to pay Sharon yeah. Moore, you know, 11 or 12. Right. Yeah. Um, and I won't speculate on what Sharon Moore would make. I, I don't even have an idea of what that would look like, but um, no, that's, that's to me. I think if it is Sharon Moore, the next biggest, the next highest priority is, Hey, can you even keep Jesse Minter for one more year? One more year fund for Jesse Minter, right? Uh, a lot of guys from that defense this year are back next year. And I think that if you're going to win football games, if you're going to win a lot of football games next year, your defense is going to have to do it for you. Um, well, it's probably a little more than this year's defense did. Not to say they'll be as good or as dominant, but I think that defensively that side of the ball is, uh, is going to be what keeps you in this conversation next year. So, that's my immediate next step. Um, it sounds like, again, this is based on rumblings and, and what Chris put on the board on Wednesday night. Like, it sounds like they'd be able to keep Ben Herbert, which is also huge. Uh, I think that huge. If it is Jim, you know, if Jim Harbaugh does leave, Jesse Minter is the biggest priority. Ben Herbert, probably priority 1B. Uh, from there, we'll see what happens. Um, and then you figure out the roster from there. Uh, I think that a lot of these guys like you said, probably had a pretty solid idea of what could happen uh, are prepared for both scenarios. There could be some, there will be some guys that leave because that's just how it is. Uh, but really um, you look at the transfer portal at quarterback, you know, with Talia Tagovailoa that not going to get that waiver. He's going to the NFL draft. Now it pretty much leaves you with Will Rogers, um, Jordan McLeod and a bunch of circus peanuts. No offense to any of those other guys, but um, it's almost just like you let the spring play out and decide from there because you are going to have that window in the spring to uh, to add guys. And even we've seen them before. You think back to 
uh, Yabioki a few years ago. They added him 15 days before the season started. You don't so, want to add a quarterback 15 days. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, just like you know, I know what you mean, right? Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. But, There's going to be uh, time. Yeah, there will be. That's will what's be so hard about it is because guys aren't in right now, but your guys would be leaving potentially. Now, I do think Michigan would be able to avoid being completely decimated like Washington and Alabama have, but uh, that would be interesting to, to see. So those would be the next steps. Um, so we will uh, continue to monitor that over at thewolverine.com. Uh, let's finish with Michigan basketball. Big game tonight against number 14, Illinois, at home. Coming off of Michigan's first win in nearly a month. It was uh, one day short of being a month in between wins for Michigan, but you could see the relief on the guys' faces, Olivier Kamwa, Terrence Williams, we talked to them after the game on Monday, 73-65 win over Ohio State, and Jawan Howard as well, that they uh, that they got it done in a, a pretty pretty nice performance at home against the Buckeyes. Yeah, it was a good win. Um, and again, I, I wrote this on Monday. No one's going to do jumping jacks over a win that moves you to 7-10, and 10, but it was Ohio State. The Fab Five were there. Uh, they actually played, I thought, for the most part, um, there was that run in the second, you know, they got up by 12 and they give up the 16-0 run. But, you know, to their credit, really for the first time this year, we saw them fight back from something right. like that. And they had a counter punch. And don't get me wrong, Chris Oltman at Ohio State, they have a laundry list of issues in their own right. But, you know, they needed that one badly because if you couldn't get one against your rival on a Monday afternoon, you know, you have Doug McDaniel, which again, the margin of error is already gone. But if you're going to stack any sort of momentum, you got to win the games where he is there right now. Uh, it was a really nice win. And we'll see what happens with Illinois. Obviously, they don't have Terrence Shannon right now. It sort of slipped a bit defensively because of that, which leads me to believe we might be in for a bit of a shootout on Thursday night. And I don't know why I feel this way. I have a gut feeling this is another, maybe another another sneaky chance for a Michigan win. Um, but yeah, you got it. I mean, there is there is no margin for error. If you want to salvage any sort of momentum, you just have to start stacking wins. And it's a tough, tough test ahead of them. They have a rough road. You know, it's Illinois. Then they go to Purdue on Tuesday night. You got Iowa, Michigan State, Rutgers. You know, there, there are no easy outs. I mean, this is a team that lost to Minnesota and Penn State, who many people thought would be the worst teams in the Big Ten this year. So there are no gimmies on this schedule, but just uh you know, if if this Jawan Howard thing is going to continue past this year, you need to start having some sort of success that you can you can build off of and hang your hat on. And uh, listen, a, a potential two game winning streak again to use that term from earlier, maybe not something people do cartwheels over, but um, I, I think it would be it would be important for them to just get this one. And, and you got to start winning games you're not supposed to now if you're going to have any shot here. Yeah, I think the, the things that stood out to me that I think they can carry forward from Monday was the defensive intensity the entire game, despite playing pretty much a six-man rotation, I thought was was great. And they it was really kind of a halfway through the first half when they just you know pretty much locked in the rest of the way. You did have that 16-0 run that you gave up, which is obviously a huge red flag to not be able to, to stop a 16-0 run earlier. But the fact that the doubt didn't creep in, as Juwan Howard keeps saying, I think it was also a positive as well. This team has a lot of scars, you know, in, in situations like that. But they were able to, you know, they were down one with a few minutes to go. It's one of those close games, classic Michigan, and they were able to get it done down the stretch and really win by seven and make it not as close of a game 
at the end because of some dagger shots that went in, including by Terrence Williams, five for five from three. He has made 43s this year, shooting 44.9% on 89 attempts, 15 of 30 in Big Ten play. Last year, made just 17 threes. So he's, you know, well over double his amount of made three-pointers from last season, was shooting 25% there on 68 attempts. And Michigan made 12 overall in that game. So if you can make 12 threes, I think you're going to have a good chance. Uh, but, you know, you don't want to have to. It, it, this was the first game, too, that Michigan won in the on the season. that They didn't hit 1.2 points per possession, which is a ridiculously high number to have to hit to win. And I think that speaks to the way they defended against a, a good offensive team in Ohio State. You're going to have a really good offensive team in Illinois coming in tonight. Um, but, yeah, the, you, you mentioned the slip on defense. They were ranked um, – they were ranked number 19 – uh, on uh, Bart Torvik's T rank before Terrence Shannon went out, he is currently suspended with charge for rape. Uh, now they're 108th since he uh, has been out of the lineup in defensive efficiency. Surprising loss by nine points at home to Maryland over the weekend, um, which also means they're probably going to be more motivated. But this would be a really good opportunity for Michigan to kind of keep things going. And then you have Purdue on Tuesday without Doug, which seems like, you know, pretty much an impossible task at this point, but uh, should be, uh, should be a pretty good crowd. It's a whiteout at Chrysler first whiteout of all time. What do you think? I didn't even know that was a thing. So it'll look like that should be interesting. Michigan state. I, I assume there it's a, it's an eight thirty tip on a Thursday. I assume there will be plenty of sprinkles of, of blue in there given. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how full the place is, but yeah, it's a, uh, again, it's one game at a time. It's one night out at a time right now. Um, just got to see if you can carry it over. That's something that has been so frustrating about a lot of the last two years under Jim Harbaugh is that or, I'm sorry, under Juwan Howard and still in football brain. Um, they haven't been able, they'd have, you know, a game where they bring a good, you know, they make shots, they play well on defense, and then they just don't build off that. It just all flies out the window the next game. So um creating some sort of sustainability would be huge. And again, I know, uh, I know what the perception is at this point. Uh, you are what your record says you are at seven and 10, but they got opportunity ahead of you to grab one uh, from a team that uh, quite frankly, without Terrence Shannon is, is extremely beatable. So we'll see if they can bring it. And uh, I'm excited to see how it plays out. Um, just nice to be back in, in Chrysler center after uh, you know, the bowl travel and, and holiday stuff. And I just, it's always, it's always kind of a comfort place for me. Just always enjoy, always enjoy heading out. So big game on a Thursday night. Yeah. Nothing like college hoops. Excited to be there. Follow it at the Wolverine.com exclusive offer for podcast listeners and viewers. Promo code UM1 over at the Wolverine.com gets you two months of premium access for just $1. Make sure to like the video if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, and we will see everyone next. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if you're first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three 
and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.